Welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. This show is all about simple ways to detox your body, mind, and environment so you can reclaim your vibrant health and live the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Green, board-certified holistic health coach, detoxification specialist, and sustainable building expert. Today's episode is all about your liver. This is one of the most important detoxing organs in your body. And today's guest, Jennifer Gullerson, PA and functional medicine practitioner, will be sharing with you why you want to do a liver detox and describe the vitamins and nutrients needed for you to detox effectively. Now be sure to stay to the end of the show because I'm going to be sharing with you how you can get two exceptional handouts that Jennifer has provided describing phase one and phase two liver detoxing, just in case you really want to nerd out on this, which I highly recommend. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Today on Detox for Vibrant Health, I have Jennifer Gullerson. Jennifer is a board-certified physician assistant and functional medicine practitioner. She joins us from Osteopathic Center for Healing, located in Rockville, Maryland. Jennifer follows the functional medicine approach, which utilizes conventional and integrative treatments by assessing all aspects of an individual's lifestyle, genetics, environment, emotions, beliefs, and social relationships, which influence health and disease. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That well, was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. It so much information, but very specific. And I'm so excited to have you on today. And today's topic is going to be about detoxing the liver. Timely, this, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, and you know, I love, love, love this topic uh, because. You know, I myself, I'm a big fan of detoxes and liver cleanses. And, you know, I've uh, done quite a number of different protocols myself, and they're just really important. They do so much for my body. And so I haven't really talked about this in depth with folks who listen to the podcast. So I'm really excited that you're the first one to come on to really talk about, you know, liver detoxing. First off, I'd love to ask, now, maybe you could start with why do a liver detox? Well, um, we're right now we are in the process of um, being staying at home and maybe eating not as well, or you're going through a time of stress and maybe drinking a little bit more. But I think one thing we talked about is that um, it's important to understand that you are constantly detoxing. Everything you are exposed to in your world, everything you eat, drink, breathe in, put on your body, clean with, all of those things contribute to a burden that your body has to deal with. So if you are not treating your body well on a daily basis, you can overwhelm things. And so, you know, uh, doing a, t a cleanse once a year, some people will do for a two week process or even once a month, five days out of the month, or if you're doing it once a quarter, anytime you do that and you're flushing your system out and you're just 
flooding it with good things and you're rebuilding your stores, I think that's really great. However, you do have to realize that it is happening whether you like it or not. You are processing and detoxifying hundreds of thousands of things every day. So some of the things that you want to make sure that you're doing every day are, you know, the, the fundamental things, sleeping. There's a tremendous amount of stuff that happens while you sleep. And just like I tell my kids, if your computer has to do certain things, and you don't let it do certain things like reboot it once a week, um, then your computer's gonna put, your, your body's gonna put things over to the side and not get to it. So your sleep is your reboot process. Drinking lots of water, that's really, really important. Making sure you're going to the bathroom every day. Um, I talk to my patients a lot about their poop. And then we just, that's a conversation we have to have. That is one of the main ways that you eliminate all these toxins. So drinking lots of water so your kidneys can flush it. Then you're going to the bathroom to get most of the toxins out. Um, eating, diet, hugely important. And um, I think we'll talk about certain things that you have to make sure that you have on hand to detox every single day. Um, and then walking, getting outside, getting fresh air. Um, and exercising, all those things help to continually give you the, the nutrients you need in order to detox on a daily basis. And then everything you do above and beyond that, whether it's the week or that you're doing a, a five-day cleanse I, um, with your clients, um, that is just above and beyond and wonderful. Excellent. Okay. So liver is, is taking a good brunt of of the burden from all oh, these yes. toxins that we're taking in on a regular basis, the environmental toxins, um, things that we eat, toxins from our food. Um, and we don't want to just focus on these short bursts of detoxes or cleanses. It's really important that if we do decide to do that in between, we're also continuing to be cognizant of uh, the quality of sleep that we have, the amount of water that we drink, the, you know, pooping, the making sure we're having, uh, you know, peeing a lot, we're um, uh, walking and exercising, and we're still careful about what we eat, right? Yes, it's not a all time of those to, things. Yep. right, we don't tox up so that we could go and <laughs> detox. I mean, that's exactly. not exactly. Yes. If you're training, if you're training for a marathon, you're going to probably, you know, a couple of weeks out from the marathon, you're going to increase how much you've run, but you've already put in all those hours of running prior to, and then after the marathon, hopefully you do run after that as well. So it's a, it's a lifestyle change. It's a way you're living your life. Right. You don't just jump into a marathon having done absolutely nothing. Right? You would hope not. There are serious consequences if you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that would be painful, I think. Um, great. Okay. So, uh, you know, in terms of, um, so that's kind of, you know, the maintenance, right? This is yes. what we want to make sure that we're doing on a pretty regular basis before we ever think about uh, going a little bit further and going into um, a more a specific cleanse or detoxing protocol. Um, I really want to have the listeners hear about the two phases of liver uh, detoxing, because I think this is really important when we start to look at all the different products that are out there that might claim that they uh, detox your liver. 
um, they might not be addressing all of phase one or all of phase two. So can you start us out by phase one liver detoxing? What is that and what do we need to have that happen? Um, so phase one, this is when um, I give the analogy that this is when you have a toxin and it, most of the toxins, if it is water loving, your kidneys are going to wash it out or it's going to go out in your, um, in your stool and you're not even going to notice it. But most toxins are some sort of fat loving or lipophilic um, substance, which your body really can't do anything with. Uh, so most of the time, if you do not detoxify it, it's going to wind up somewhere in your fats. So that's why when you do lose weight, when you go on like a very quick diet where you lose a lot of weight very fast, your toxic burden increases a lot. So this is even more important to have all of these key ingredients ready there to help you. So phase one happens in your liver in these little P, cytochrome P450 little manufacturing plants, if you will. And basically they are taking that fat loving bad toxin and they are sticking, if you think of it as a cup, they are sticking a little handle on the cup because in the next phase, they want to grab a hold of that cup's handle and throw it out. So in this first phase of um, detoxification, you want to just make sure that you have um, antioxidants. So those are things that are that you can get in your diet, such as broccoli, berries, nuts, garlic, turmeric, and green tea. So those are things that are a part of a healthy diet. You definitely want to go organic, um, and I'm sure you've talked about the the um, clean 13 and the dirt, the dirty dirty dozen and the clean 13. You can find those lists. The ones that you really really want organic are those those dirty dozen. Um, there's a supplement called NAC and acetyl cysteine that'll help with um, the detoxification process. It actually is a precursor for something cool called glutathione, which is a very potent antioxidant. Um, it's not really well absorbed. You can get some liposomal um, uh, supplements that, that, but they're pretty expensive. So this, this supplement is pretty easy to, um, to take and it's pretty um, inexpensive. B vitamins. So when you think about energy, you think about the Krebs cycle, that cycle that you were scared about when you got it starting in sixth grade and then every science class thereafter, you just got a little bit more in depth. B vitamins are very important during this whole process because you do need energy to, to do that. Um, let's see. And uh, three other things that are really important, zinc. And I think a lot of people, there's a lot of good talk about zinc right now with the mm. virus. Um, so zinc is really important. It, it helps that, um, that cytochrome P450 activity. Zinc you can get in meat, dark meat of chicken. You can get it in pumpkin seeds, cashews, and oatmeal. Those are ways to have that. Um, and then actually just uh, supporting your, your liver. Milk thistle is a great herb to help with that. Um, and then also drinking lots of water and then oxygen. Oxygen, getting outside, moving, breathing that in. Um, and that's how you support the first phase. So the first phase um, is the most one of the most important because it's getting the getting the toxin out of the fat. It's putting a little handle on it. However, 
If it stays in this phase, it, is, it can be very detrimental. So it's, it's called a, something called a free radical, which I'm sure people have heard about. You want to get rid of free radicals. So, and that's when phase two comes into effect. Mm. I'd like to back up just for a minute because I want to just link uh, some previous um, podcasts and, sure. and blog posts that I've put out there. Um, you know, you talk about how some toxins are more um, uh, fat-loving toxins, mm -hmm. and they bioaccumulate in our in our fat, right? If if we don't detox them um, as they're coming in, and so I just want to highlight some of those things that um, are fat-loving. These tend to be the things that really start to weigh us down over time, and not not weight as in pounds, but rather uh, they accumulate over time and they can start to show up um, in our body as uh, mystery, chronic illnesses, um, symptoms, uh, even start to pop up as autoimmune conditions. They're, these are the things that we're really deeply concerned about. So talking about the phase one and phase two uh, together is super important in understanding how we could start to detox some of those um, fat-loving toxins. And some of those could be BPAs and BPSs that line cans uh, of, um, you know, canned foods. There could be um, BPSs from receipts. Receipts is one of the major sources of our BPS contamination. And, uh, you know, these are very endocrine disrupting. There's phthalates as well. Um, all sorts of plasticizers, all sorts of petrochemicals, and the majority of these are fat-loving toxins. So can't stress it enough, this is such an important discussion about how the liver works and how you get from phase one to phase two, which I'm <laughs> eager to hear more about. So back to you. And all those, yeah, all those, um, those chemicals that you just went in, the, the major thing is avoid them. Avoid them. And then you're going to decrease your burden and you know that, and you've talked about that. So that's yeah. the biggest thing is how to, how to decrease the, the, um, the burden on the liver, you know, avoid all those things. I was at a conference once, um, and uh, you know, the medical conferences, they start early in the morning and they go all day. So they have coffee and tea set up and <laughs> we were, we were talking about, um, plastics and when you heat plastic, it, it releases more of those chemicals. So you could just see the light bulbs going off on pe people because they had these, you know, the coffee cups with the plastic top and they're drinking hot coffee through them. You could see all of them start taking the lids off. <laughs> I just always use a glass one anyway. So yeah, it was kind of funny, but they were just like, oh my gosh, I'm putting an extra burden on there. And I love these new systems. Can we email you a receipt? Yes, you can. I don't want to touch it. I like yes. these the new. So, um, so you coming from um, phase one into phase two, you want to that to happen as quickly as possible. So the problem comes when you are really, really good at phase one, 
or you have a tremendous amount that has to happen, like too many chemicals or you're drinking too much through the plastic and you don't have a really good phase two. So there's different components that you do need for phase two. And if, um, I think we talked about the uh, bathtub analogy, if you are getting ready to take a bath and you're filling up your bathtub and that's all the phase one, all the water coming into the bathtub, and if it comes too quickly and your drain is not working, you're gonna have a problem. So the, the water coming into the bathroom is uh, bathtub is phase one, phase two is how quickly can you drain it? And you really, like we said, because those are free radicals running around, it can uh, affect your DNA, it does affect your immune system, your endocrine system, so we wanna get things out. So um, phase two is called conjugation. Um, so that's two things coming together. So we now we have our cup and we in phase one, we put a handle on it. So now somebody's got to grab that handle and take it out. So most of the uh, processes, there's like five or six in that conjugation phase um, in phase two that they will... Um, there, it's more about being sticky. So this free radical has now a little handle and we want something to stick to it and pull it out so then it can go out either through your kidneys or through uh, the bile duct into your, your intestines. So those, um, those processes, they have really big names and big um, complicated ways that it happened. However, the things that you need to make sure that you have are pretty uncomplicated. So amino, amino acids, so things coming from meat, poultry, eggs, and nuts help to create some of the um, methylation, acetylation, and all the glutathione, all the pieces, parts, the building blocks, these amino acids help to stick to these free radicals and then help um, conjugate them, put them together and get them out. Mm -hmm. Magnesium. Everybody laughs when I bring up magnesium. Magnesium, I think and most people are probably uh, deficient in. Even if you have a really good diet, we have uh, over farmed our soil. So we are very, very low in magnesium. Um, so Can I it, ask a question yeah, just sure. really? Um, there's so many different forms of magnesium. Good Can question. You, <laughs> what's, <clears throat> what's a good one to use when the purpose is detoxification specifically, because I know some will help you just, you know, have a bowel movement better. Some will be more absorbable by your body. Um, what's your favorite? So um, for someone who's not moving their bowels, I will mm -hmm. say um, magnesium citrate, mm -hmm. um, just a little bit until their bowels are moving. It's not really well absorbed, but it pretty much stays in the intestine and helps you there. My favorite and you know, go-to is magnesium glycinate. Mm -hmm. It helps in your gut. Um, it also, it does help a little bit with uh, moving the bowels, but the biggest thing, it helps to repair the gut lining, which is really good. Also helps to relax you at night so you can sleep so that you can actually um, detox. Um, and then if some people have some, um, magnesium tartrate is really good if you have a heart condition, if you have um, cardiovascular disease, and then um, malate if you're having some mental um, you know, difficulties, brain fog, multitasking kind of stuff. Uh, but I would say my number one thing is magnesium glycinate. That makes sense. Um, but if you're looking for food sources, almond, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, and amaranth, which is um, a gluten-free uh, 
um, um, sorry, it is a grain. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right, grain. Right. I just think it's a cool name. Um, so, and then another set of B vitamins. So most patients, I, I have them take a B complex because that, um, for the phase one pathways, you want a lot of uh, B2 and B3, but for phase two, you really want B12 and B6. And can so, I ask you a question also about yeah, that sure. in the form of B vitamins? And I think that this has come up in conversations that I've had with clients, uh, but there's a difference between a methylated version of mm -hmm. Bs and then a non-methylated version of Bs. Uh, can, can you describe the two differences? So if you are somebody who has the MTHFR SNP, um, then you're definitely going to want to go with a methylated or, or the, you know, sometimes it's confusing because it's also called coenzymated or activated B. But you, when you look at the, the back of it, it's not cyanocobalamin, it's uh, methylcobalamin. Um, so some people are not very good at putting a methyl group onto a, um, a substance so that it can be used. And in this process, especially detoxification, it's really, really important. It's really important also in um, making sure that you can uh, detoxify your estrogens. So mm -hmm. if I don't know the status, I just say, go ahead and get it. It's not going to hurt you. And in fact, it might take the burden off of you a little bit. Um, but if you definitely are have an MTHFR SNP, then you need it because you're just not good. And depending on which SNP you have, um, which is a whole nother story, <laughs> but whichever, whichever you have, if you have both, you, I mean, your production and your methylation could be down by up to 75%. Yeah. And then that just, again, now you're looking at your clog, your, your uh, tub is not going to be able to drain because you're going to just get an influx of phase one and phase two relies a lot on that methylation. You're just going to get a, uh, you know, a clogged tub. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, so, so super important to not clog the tub. <laughs> you don't want to clog tub because what happens if that tub is clogged, then that water spills over. And that's when you start getting those manifestations of the chronic disease yeah. is when that tub is clogged. Um, so B vitamins, uh, B12, uh, B6, uh, mostly because of energy again, your, your Krebs, going back to that Krebs site. See this, this is one thing you learn in sixth grade that you actually <laughs> do need to understand and know why. Algebra, not so much, <laughs> but this, yes. <laughs> um, so folate you can find in spinach. Um, yeah, folate's found in foliage, spinach, sunflower seeds, avocados, and uh, B6, meat, nuts, B12, meat, nuts, poultry. Um, and then one of my personal favorites is I'm not a big sprouts fan, but I've learned to really like broccoli sprouts. Mm -hmm. So there's a specific uh, chemical called sephoraphane, which is found in broccoli, but it's even higher in broccoli sprouts. I think it's something like if you a quarter cup of broccoli sprouts is like eating like 10 heads of broccoli. Yeah. Uh, but that sulf, the sephoraphane helps to... Um, uh, detoxify your those free radicals. It's one of the most powerful ways to detox. So even doing, and I know um, uh, Corella and spirulina and all those greens and cilantro are really good for detoxing those heavy metals. Uh, but if you add broccoli sprouts to your uh, smoothie, I mean, it's it's really good stuff. Mm. Because, and you can sprout your own too. 
That's, it's really easy. I haven't ventured into that, but. <laughs> um, and then flavonoids. Um, those are things that are give uh, color to berries. So blueberry, all your berry families and eating a wide variety of foods with very bright colors is really important. Um, one of the key things there is like a, is pomegranate. So the mm -hmm. pomegranate seeds are really good. Um, things like that have sulfur in it, um, garlic. Uh, is very pungent, um, but that uh, helps to de detoxify, um, as well as onions. Mm -hmm. Having those those sulfur um, uh, foods really does help that phase too. So then now now you've got it. You've got the coffee cup. You got your cup. You got the stickiness, and now everything is sort of sitting there waiting. And it can go out one of three ways. You can sweat it out. So saunas are great. Um, so, so some people um, call this phase three detoxification. You do want to, you know, once you've got it all packaged up, you want to get it out. You don't want it just sitting there. So that's why sort of prepping um, with drinking lots of water and making sure that your bowels are moving and that you're exercising and moving. Now everything's sort of up and ready to go to flush it out of your system. So lots of water because it'll come out of either, um, it'll go into your blood system and then your uh, kidneys will filter it out. You, um, it'll go into your bile duct and then go out through your intestines. So that's why you want your bowels moving or uh, yes, yeah, sweating, exercising, sweating, saunas, good stuff. Awesome. Sauna is my favorite yeah, I, I think the heat is, it relaxes you, number one, lets you sweat. But then I think it just, it's really good for your muscles, just that warmth. Mm, yeah, so many benefits. So many benefits from saunas. Love that. Now, do you have one of those in your house? In your house? <clears throat> you do. I'll no, be very jealous. I, I know. I wish I did. I really do. I have a sauna blanket right now. So oh, that's it's nice. easier that's to pull up. The far infra infrared ones? I, I believe so. <laughs> I believe so. I just picked it up. So um, <laughs> good for you. So it's still new for me, but uh, yeah, when I'm able to, though, I love to get to an infrared sauna. And uh, you know, there's a couple of places in town to do that. It, it seems like sauna spas are becoming a bit more uh, well known and popular. Not oh, they're yeah. not very popular right now because people aren't getting out so much. But <clears throat> hopefully, those will come back to a great use, but even just a dry sauna. A dry sauna is another perfectly fine way to sweat it out. Uh, and of course you said exercise. So um, hot yoga, if that's your thing, if it's not, then just exercising to get some sweat moving. And even um, an Epsom salt bath, you can do a sort of two birds, one stone, get, get a little bit of sweat going, but then you also get that magnesium. That's nice. It's an, you can um, absorb it. Oh, that's so good. Yes. An Epsom salt bath. I love that. Um, you know, so I wanted to also bring up um, a little bit about, you know, you, you see a lot of uh, things on the market like detox teas and detox tinctures, liver detox tinctures. Um, you know, I know that they don't have all of the things that you talk about here. Um, can we talk a little bit about what you see sometimes on the market that may be confusing for some people and what should people look out for if they're looking for, you know, something just to give them a little bit of a boost with uh, liver detoxing? Um, besides the 
supplements that you've already mentioned? Sure, sure. So um, things that I see on the market are um, sometimes um, a little out there. <laughs> um, I think a, a good thing to start with is maybe a little fasting. So fasting, you get a little bit of autophagy, which is where your body basically starts processing itself and saying, you know, do I need this? Do I not need this? Um, I think, and it gives your body a little bit of stress, which is good. Um, so there are some teas, the detox teas. I think that's good because it's probably has some sort of green tea in it, which is also very good. Um, and it gets you to drink a little bit more water, which is, which is great. Uh, it also probably decrease because you're drinking a lot of fluid, you probably are decreasing the amount of food that you're eating. So that can give your gut a little bit of a rest too. Um, a juice cleanse, um, I mean, I think a day or two of that is, is really good. Um, it does give your, your bowels a little bit of a break. But um, again, I think you're, um, if you're choosing to do a, a cleanse and you're doing it for you know, 5, 10, 15 days or whatever, I think you also just, it is very good for your body, but you also need to make sure that you're treating it right the rest of the time. That this is something above and beyond. And, and maybe those those times you're like completely organic and you're really, really good and you're, you're pristine with your diet and you're doing everything else and you're really, really focusing on it. But each time you do a cleanse, I think you pick up little habits and then they become a lifestyle change, which you do every day. So if your cleanse is, I have to drink an enormous amount of water or whatever with the cayenne and the lemon and the whatever, or I drink a lot of celery juice. Okay, that's fine. So now once you're off the, off the cleanse, maybe you drink celery juice once a, once a week. And then that's something that you've picked up and you've taken as a good habit. I like that. Yeah. You know, this idea of, you know, we're trying to, ultimately we're trying to build good, healthy habits over the, our life, right? So that we, we don't end up so many years down the road where, you know, we're unable to walk or run or, you know, just feel good, having trouble getting out of bed. We never want to be there, right? Right. So this is just creating little habits. And so even as you pointed out, you do a cleanse, uh, you might pick up some things, some new habits from that. You say, oh, this is actually pretty good. I really like how I feel when I take out this from my diet and I put more of this in my diet. And then you can take that on and build up your diet over time. And, and I wanna be careful because some people think of the word as diet as something that's just calorie restriction. But I wanna make a point that whenever I talk about diet, um, it's about what you just normally eat. Yep, it's, yeah, it's what the, the foods you consume. And yep. hopefully it gets better and better each time. Exactly. Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, when I first get a, a patient in and I talk about diet, it's the, I think that's like the hardest thing for people to change. But if you give them little things, just drink more water this month, we'll talk about sugar next month. Okay, now you drink water all the time or like getting off of um, diet Pepsis, diet sodas, like all those things. Um, that's extremely hard. Uh, kick 
picking the coffee with lots of creamer and sugar and stuff. So it's little, little habits over the time, over time. And I think because people slowly get to the point where they don't feel good, they forget. Now, when you do a cleanse, you most of the time you feel great towards the end and it's really hard because then you're slowly going to bring back those poor hat, poor eating habits, and you're going to go back to where you are. I think the more things you do that are positive, that help you feel better. And when you go back to the bad stuff, you're like, oh, I forgot how crappy I used to feel. Mm-hmm. It just reinforces it. And you really have to live, live through it. People can't, it has to be, you know, people can't, they can tell you until you're blue in the face, but unless you do it, you don't know how good you can feel. Yes, exactly. So well said. Thank you for that. Um, and I think, well, just to recap, so we covered why do uh, why our livers need to detox efficiently. Uh, keep us alive. To, yep. Keep us alive. <laughs> how to prepare for your liver detox if you're doing one, but also just what you do on a regular basis. And we talked about the two phases of the liver detox and what supplements are important for those phases and uh, why focusing just on something like a liver detox tea or a tincture just really isn't enough. It's really more of a holistic approach to supporting our liver in detoxing. This was a really great conversation, Jennifer. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Have a great day. This concludes another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Jennifer has provided a couple of handouts that I am making available on my personal Facebook group community called Detox Your Life. So I invite you to join my community and get these freebies. Find the link in the show notes below. Also, if you're like most parents, frazzled, impatient, frustrated, and overwhelmed with everything that's going on right now, This is exactly the time to reach out for help. I am a holistic health coach and detox specialist who empowers busy professional women to transform their health so they can have more energy, greater mental clarity, and less stress to be a better parent, boss, wife, friend. So book your free chat with me today. Don't wait until you snap. The link is below. See you soon. Thank you.